the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear Christian friends, as we celebrate this day of Pentecost on this weekend, I know that many people are anticipating the summer months, and a lot of times that may include vacation time. But what sorts of vacations are people taking? Well, a good number may go on relaxing trips, like out on the beach. It might be going camping with family, or perhaps just lying out there soaking up the sun by the pool. After all, vacation time is supposed to be a time to decompress and get away from it all, right? Well, there are an increasing number of people who seem to disagree with that conventional wisdom. And one of the fasting growing aspects of the tourism industry is what's called adventure travel. And rather than looking for some downtime, more and more people are looking to actually get out and have some great adventure and experience the world. And they want to get up close and personal through exciting challenges and risky adventures. There are some there, like even going out on whitewater rafting and skiing and places like that. Well, you could even go trekking through a jungle, if you'd like. Maybe you want to go up to a distant mountain and climb it, even in those frigid temperatures. That could be Alaska there, but we're not going that high. How about biking through a developing country? Isn't that amazing? Those cliffs there, at least they're wearing helmets, right? Yeah. I'm wondering what happens if someone comes the other direction. Like, how do you turn around at places? Or is there an end to all that? Well, we know that whatever the adventure is, there's a common theme. And a lot of times it's to be connected with nature. Maybe it's to engage a a different culture. Or perhaps it's just challenging your own abilities your physical limits. Well, travel experts divide these adventures into two categories, soft and hard adventures. Now, a soft adventure, it really involves getting out there, but not getting too far away from that evening buffet you're going to have. Now, that could be perhaps a safari in Africa. You're out there on the grassy plains, and you realize there you're not the highest form of life on the food chain. But you've got the advantage of being probably in a protected vehicle, and you can see the wildlife through the lens of a camera. Or how about snorkeling? You can get up close there and personal with sea life in shallow water without having to dive into deep waters. Well, a hard adventure, on the other hand, is involving things like hiking and camping in those same wildlife areas without having metal bars to protect you. Maybe it's taking off the scuba gear and putting on an oxygen tank and heading down into the depths of a sea. Think of mountain climbing or perhaps riding your bike through the Middle East or even going on a 1,000-mile walk. You get an idea of what a hard adventure is. And for these types of adventures, it's good to have a guide service to direct you, to keep you on track. And a good guide service is going to plan your journey. They may be able to give you special equipment for it. 
They're going to take care of your lodging and meals and handling your baggage. They'll certainly provide you with a packing list and maps and directions, and they'll even monitor your progress. Bob Kaler, who writes for a religious publisher, says that he's used such a guide service when he's gone over to Israel. And there's a place called the Jesus Trail. In American miles, it's 40 miles from Nazareth to Capernaum. And he's also planning to go to Scotland, to a place that's called the West Highland Way. And that's a 96-mile journey. He says it's really helpful to have someone charting the way and giving you good advice. All we have to do each day is keep walking and relish the experience. But when we look at Jesus' last words to his disciples in the Gospel of John, we might see them as an ad for the hard adventure that the disciples are going to have ahead of them. We know that those 12 had followed Jesus up and down the hills of Galilee. They went on that long road to Jerusalem and through the deserts of Judea. They had been in storms that might have drowned them. They had confronted demons that terrified them. And they had seen miracles that really overwhelmed their minds. And they had been with Jesus every step of the way, as he is their guide and friend. But the time was coming that Jesus is going to soon journey to the cross and to the grave and eventually to the right hand of his Father, as we declared in that Apostles' Creed. He would soon be leaving his friends so that they could continue their adventure. And Jesus indicates that the world will hate them just as it hates him. And he immediately seeks to reassure them with these words. He says, when the advocate comes, who I'll send to you from the Father, the spirit of the truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You are also to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. And although Jesus' pledge is meant to comfort his disciples, their reaction here concerning that promise really can't be established with any type of certainty. However, there are several aspects of Jesus' pledge that would likely stay with those disciples and provide some comfort for them. For instance, he's referring to his father. And it reminds the disciple of Jesus' intimate relationship with his own heavenly father. A relationship that really parallels in some way the relationship that Jesus had with the disciples. Also, the command that the disciples are to testify can make them bold to follow a practice that they had repeatedly seen in the life and ministry of Jesus himself. So that should motivate them more to imitate him. And finally, his reminder that they had been with him from the beginning speaks about that strong, solid relationship they had, the shared experiences, especially as they came to Jerusalem. Now previously, both Peter and Thomas, his two disciples, They had said, where are you going? Or, Lord, we don't know where you're going. But as Jesus is giving his final words to them here, he keeps the focus on how the disciples are going to continue the mission and the journey ahead. And he says for that adventure, they need a guide. And that advocate, the Holy Spirit, is going to be the spirit of truth who comes from the Father. And as the Spirit has testified to Jesus' person and also his mission, The disciples, they need to now take that testimony to the rest of the world. It's going to be a hard adventure. And they're going to come before a hostile world. And so Jesus warns them. 
He says, they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, an hour will come when those who will kill you will think that they're offering worship to God by doing that. And they will do this because they have not known the Father or me. Now, you couldn't blame the disciples for thinking about that this time to maybe, let's just go head out to a beach and have some drinks with umbrellas in them. Let's play it safe instead. Well, we know that Jesus warns them it's not going to be an easy road, but it's a necessary one. If the good news of Jesus is going to reach the distant cultures and the remote places of the world, even as we do today, It's going to take some willing adventurers who will travel light with gear, but they will be burdened with the need to speak the truth about what God has done in coming into the world in his own son, Jesus, the one who really brings light to darkness, the one who has life in the midst of death. And Jesus says, I've told you this, so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you about this from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. Jesus came into the world, and now he's going back to his father. But the disciples, they're now focused on themselves and what they're going to be doing. They don't ask Jesus here anymore, where is he going? The question for them is, what's going to be our destination? And how are we going to get there? Well, for us today, we know that having a guide means having the feet on the ground with us directly and guiding us where we need to go. While that's still true with many adventures, we know that technology has come into play too. Now there are GPS devices and radios and cell phones and satellite phones. And that's how some people connect with that guide. He's not with them, but he's someplace else, but he's monitoring their progress and looking at the big picture for them. Well, Jesus is saying something similar to his disciples here. They won't have Jesus on the ground being that guide directly with them. But Jesus tells them that that's a good thing. And sensing their sorrow and their confusion here at the same time, Jesus promises them a new guide that's going to help expand their journey capacity. He's going to keep the big picture in mind. And so he says to them, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So what services does the Holy Spirit as our guide give to us? Well, we know that the Holy Spirit will point out the twists and the turns in the route ahead. He's going to help the followers of Jesus know what to look for in our journey. Jesus tells his disciples that the guide is going to point out the wrong paths that the world has taken. Paths that their message, which is the gospel through the power of the Spirit, is going to correct for people. The Holy Spirit will help us with the problem of sin. And that metaphor, if you want to extend it, is that the Holy Spirit is going to help us not to pack anything in our backpack that's going to be essentially worthless for the journey that we're taking. There's no need for us to be overburdened. There's not a need for a hairdryer or a laptop PC or canned goods on the journey that we take on this trip of speaking the word to others about Jesus. The world's idea of the nature of sin 
is that sin is something that a person does or commits. And on one level, that is true. But the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that there's a cause of sin. Too many people think that all we need to do is to work harder or do more good things than bad things and that someday God will decide if we qualify for heaven. But we know that the world has it wrong. The problem of sin is not the the work of our hands, but it's instead who we are in our hearts. Acts of sin are caused by a sinful nature, a tendency to sin. And the Holy Spirit helps us conserve our spiritual energy by understanding that in our path of life, Jesus has done everything for us. And he's done it before us, too. This will help us to tell others on the trail that Christ's work on that cross of Calvary, it really has freed us all from the burden of trying our best so that we can simply do the work that God wants us to do in response to that faith we already have in Christ. The Holy Spirit also helps us with doing good. And he helps stuff our backpacks with good things. Now many people think goodness is something we do. But thanks to the Spirit, we know that goodness is not our doing, but it's our being. For our journey, the Holy Spirit provides us with a new nature and a new heart. We know from Scripture, we talk about in Christ we are a new creation. Unfortunately, the world's idea of righteousness is that the more good we do, the more righteous we are. Jesus says that the Spirit's going to help the disciples see what true righteousness really looks like. And Jesus uses himself as the model. He may be returning to the Father, but the Holy Spirit is going to be able to guide and empower them to do what he has done. And as a result, they're going to do things they didn't even expect. He says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The Spirit also helps us with our route. He knows the route. Now we often have poor judgment in our route choices, and also maybe having a poor understanding of the terrain that we're going to go against. What the world thinks is important is usually not important. What the world thinks is wise is often pretty foolish. The world thinks that success is measured by material things and that greatness is when people are your servants. The world thinks that the one who dies with the most toys wins. The world thinks that wisdom comes from being highly educated. The world values a me-first mentality and values the pleasure principle. And the world emphasizes popularity, power, and position. Well, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us reverse those judgments. Success is not measured by material things. Jesus said also, the greatest among us are the servants of others. The wisdom of the wise Paul says it's foolishness to God. And just because it feels good doesn't make it right. By understanding how God looks and judges things, the disciples are going to be able to make good decisions, both in his day and even us as we follow him now. Finally, the Holy Spirit 
is going to help us with the truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide us into all truth. And he won't speak on his own, but he'll speak whatever he hears, and he'll declare to us the things that are to come. Truth is a major theme in John's Gospel. And we know on that day of crucifixion, it's Pilate who asked the question that really has the whole world confronted in their minds with Jesus, of what is truth? The truth is that Jesus himself says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, if we follow Jesus, our lives will not be a lie. They will be true. They will be open. They will be there for people to see. We know that our lives will be lives of integrity and sincerity and honesty and humility and selflessness. All these things, they really appear inconsistent with the world's way of thinking. Now, if the disciples are going to follow Jesus where he's going, well, that means following his way, his truth, his life. And in spite of the dangers and the twists and turns ahead for them, we know that the only way to navigate is with a guide who's going to take what Jesus has done and said and declare it to us as we follow him. There was a mid-20th century evangelist in America, Duncan Campbell. And he once said that the kingdom of God is not going to be advanced by our churches becoming filled with people, but by people in our churches becoming filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's really what we need. People of God who realize that power of the Holy Spirit that is in them. That's going to enable us to advance the cause of the word of God and the good news of Jesus. How is the Spirit guiding you? And how is the Spirit guiding our Trinity Church and school and so many places as we live in these turbulent times that are around us? What has the Spirit pointed out to you about the world and the challenges of your own assumptions and even the assumptions we make in our mission statement of Trinity here? to make salvation in Christ known, building personal relationships with him and with one another. To what journey is the Spirit perhaps leading you at this point in your life? On this day of Pentecost weekend, we remember that when the Holy Spirit arrived, he had launched the disciples on a new adventure. And following Jesus has never been about retreating from a world going out just to a tropical island and getting away from it all. It's always been about following the way, the truth, and the life. And that's for the purpose of changing the world for God's glory. It's a tough adventure. We know that too. But it's the only destination that ultimately matters as we look forward to the glories of heaven, which is our eternal home. May God be with you as you go out and you make that salvation in Christ known to others so that they too may be able to be on that same journey with us to our Heavenly Father. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.